2: What's up, Road of
3: Biz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of Biz Radio, and one of the co-hosts of the Road of Biz Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Road of Biz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself ten percent off a Road of Biz NFL Pass right now at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast, or by simply adding the code rv radio 2021 at checkout that'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the road of website the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business as always we do appreciate you listening to each and every show and if you do have 5 10 15 seconds to spare please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app it is much appreciated with all that said thank you once again for tuning in i hope you have a great day now let's get back to the show Welcome to the
1: home of professional football, Canton,
4: Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M and Titan Travis on Clubhouse. If you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show about the journey of the best football players and prospects from being a college football recruit all the way to their journey to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a Road of His Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And so, the last two episodes, if you've been here, have been super focused on NFL rookie talk. And we'll get back to that some here soon, but every podcast in the world is doing that right now. So, we'll take a break and talk about some of these future NFL rookies that are going to be lighting up college football this fall. So, on this episode, we're going to be diving into a couple different things. Uh, One, uh, for a while now the 2022 NFL draft class has been talked about as this class that's just not very good not very deep and and one that you can completely fade and just disregard and just look ahead to 2023 because that's where all the excitement uh, rests with running backs and and all this other stuff that we're already looking ahead and crazy named quarterbacks and fun stuff like that we can get into but Want to talk about how we save the 2022 NFL draft class and what it could look like if it, if it isn't actually as bad as all the critics are already exclaiming uh, so confidently that it will be. Uh, so we'll t- dive into that and also get into s- some flag planting discussion as, as to looking uh, far in the future and saying, hey, this is my guy. This is what's going to happen. This is the bold proclamation. That's not just a hot take for hot take's sake, but flag planting. Uh, evidence-based flag planting. How about that? That's that's not very sexy, but that's what we're going uh, to do to help me dive into that topic. I'm actually joined by a good friend of mine. Uh, you may know him as Devi underscore Kane on Twitter, but his name is Kane Passell. Uh, He is the uh, host of the Devi Marketplace podcast and uh, Headliner U. Uh, tell me more about that, man.
1: Yeah, so Headliner U, um, it, it's housed by the Fantasy Headliners, which is one of the biggest YouTube Uh, shows out there for fantasy football and they wanted to create kind of a place where people can also learn more about college football prospects as well as some scouting stuff and kind of what we look for when we scout too as as people are kind of moving from college to the NFL so we're doing some really fun videos over there and that's kind of more this dynasty outlook type thing compared to Uh, The Fantasy Headliners, which is a lot more redraft focused. So it's cool to have those two different avenues that can feed so well into each other. So Headliner U, it's a really, really exciting thing that that we've been doing for about the past couple months.
4: Nice. So what you're telling me is you're the perfect guest for this college and NFL prospects show.
1: Well, I am in... Way too many Devi leagues or C two C leagues, so I think I'm
4: prepared. Yeah, good, good. That's that's <laughs> I, that's exactly why I have you on the show. Love talking about weird, nerdy fantasy football leagues and yeah, yeah. tons of college uh, and NFL prospects, players that are you know all the way from you know. Fre- incoming freshmen that we can get into on this episode and players that are going to be in the league here soon and players that are you know coming in it's just I love talking to you about rookies I know you and I have a different process and how we approach prospect analysis but uh, that's why I bring you on the show and so let's just dive right in and and talk about this 2022 NFL draft class because yeah. I mean we've been talking about the 2021 rookies non-stop for five months now Let's dive in and figure out how do we save the 2022 NFL draft class. And, and is it really as bad as, I I mean, I've been a critic of the class already, but I could see a few ways that it could be saved and it could actually be a decent class next spring. So where are you with that? And I guess where do we start with saving the 2022 class from being uh, something terrible?
1: So let, I'm just going to give an overview of the class as a whole, as the way I see it, right? Sure. So, if we start at the quarterback position, we have two guys, yeah, right? Two guys names. that we know about: Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler. We know those two are going to be good. We know they're going to be top ten picks in the NFL draft, right? Yeah, right. And listen, if you're not familiar, some, barring some, it, yeah, barring if, some if, crazy if, thing, right?
4: Right. If they're not familiar with Sam Howell, Sam, Sam Howell's North Carolina quarterback killed it as a true freshman. Did it again last year. Spencer Rattler had basically redshirted and then kind of killed it last year. Is in great position to do so again. But yeah, it's those two guys. But then what?
1: Uh, so then there's just a lot of question marks. I think Shane and I have talked about a lot on the Debbie marketplace that if, if you told me that anywhere from my third ranked quarterback through my 13th ranked quarterback was the third one off the board on the NFL draft, you'd say, okay, like that, you know, (laughs) that's not a surprise, right? (laughs) There's, there's just so many question marks between like, I think I might have three figured out, but like, you you give me a couple months of college football and a couple months of the NFL draft process and I I probably don't have three figured out. Like let, let's just be honest. So lots of question marks at the quarterback position behind the top two guys. Then we move on to the running back position and there's some really really solid guys. Right, you have Isaiah Spiller, the, the running back out of Texas A and M. Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State. You have Jerry and Ely, probably the best pass catcher in the draft coming out of Ole Miss. And then you have one of my personal favorites. That's Eric Gray, who just transferred over to Oklahoma. Um, and so if we just look at the running back position, I think that run. I'm going to say it. I think this running back position is actually better than the running back position in 2021 rookie drafts.
4: No, I think I, it is. I think it's just right much more you. talented. Right there with you, actually. I mean, because I think imagine imagine how bad I mean, I've said this on other shows, but how bad would it have been if it weren't for Najee Harris and Travis Etienne returning to school? Like. It, yes. would have been, it would have been no like hands down, by far the worst class of running backs of all time. And it might still be.
1: Yeah, and you you know that that's one of those things, right? You you said it perfectly. What happens if they would have gone in the in the twenty twenty draft? Like, who would have been pushed out then, right? Does Antonio still Gibson still get day two capital? Right? Does does Cam Akers maybe fall a little bit since Travis Etienne can go in that zone scheme with the Rams? Like, what would have happened to the rest of these players? Like, would Jonathan Taylor have been the top you know, power running back? Would that have been Najee Harris over over Jonathan Taylor? So I think we would have opened up just a whole new bag of questions. Um, But but they're in this draft class and and they still got first round draft capital. So we have to expect success, right?
4: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The numbers say, right, this is coming from me. The numbers say that they have a better (laughs) chance of succeeding if they're a first round draft pick.
4: Whoa! The numbers. Careful, careful. Don't 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 uh, act like you're an-, an analytics guy here.
1: The canalytics say the can-
4: <laughs> the, His name's cool enough, so he's gonna yeah. succeed.
1: Etienne, pretty neat.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, obviously not Najee Harris. I mean, first name great, last last yeah. name not great for. Yeah, but for we grade cool on a curve, man. That's good. You
1: get half a point. We grade on a curve. That,
4: that makes sense. That makes sense. But yeah, know I'm right there with you though. Like I, I I don't like the 2022 running backs as much as I do. The 2020 crew, and I don't like them sure. as much as the the crew that we could get to in a bit with the 2023 guys. But it's not like the end of the world anymore. I, I think there are some interesting names beyond even Brees Hall and Isaiah Spiller and, and Jerry and Ely and Eric Gray. There's a few other names that I think we could we could still get into, right? So yeah, I mean, like with wide receivers, though, like I, I, this class was really really deep at wide receiver. Yeah. How would you compare 2021? wide receiver depth to what 2022 wide receiver depth. Same. Is it the exact same.
1: I I think, I think the top is better from a pure X receiver standpoint, right? Like, because if we just looking at pure X receivers, right in, in 2021, we had Jamar chase.
4: Yeah. See, I don't think there's a and, chase and... though. Like, I don't think there's that kind of prospect.
1: No, no, I, I'm not saying that, but when we look at like the X receivers of, of the 2022 class, you have, uh, David Bell you have Garrett Wilson you have George Pickens who obviously got injured who, who could play X right you have um Traylon Burks you have all these guys that could be an X receiver right Chris Olave, he you know could be more of a slot or a Y guy right but I there's some guys that could at least handle a lot more targets maybe than than what we saw in this 2021 class the 2021 class was littered with slot guys right there were just so many slot guys in the, in that in this draft. So I think that's the change that we're going to see a little bit compared to the 2021 class. The 2022 guys I think just have a few more X receivers and that's what is going to make things a little more exciting. Yeah, um, that- from a fantasy football landscape at least for me.
4: Yeah, that will be fun to watch and, and see how that develops and plays out this fall and where where Drake London for USC is deployed even. like That's a name that we haven't mentioned just yet, but he's almost been like in a slot role, like a big slot role. Traylon Burks was more of a, in a big, ginormous, fast slot role. Uh, Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson was actually even in more of a slot role, but this year they're, they're already talking about him being in that X kind of wide receiver role, so we'll see how exactly. he finds that success. And George Pickens, that's obviously his spot. Like that is that is where he belongs. But he's probably going to miss all of this year. So if he if he declares that that's that's a big one for me because George Pickens was in the wide receiver one conversation out of Georgia, yes. huge-bodied wide receiver that just can do ridiculous things that you shouldn't be able to do at that size. Uh, if he does choose to declare next year and doesn't return to Georgia, uh, that could really save the top end of the class for sure. Right. Uh, for, for you, though, you mentioned David Bell. Like, who was your wide receiver one for the 2022 class? And, and, like, how would you compare that to the top guys in this year by consensus, like Chase, like Devontae Smith, like Jalen Waddell this year? Like, are they in the same? If you had to group them together and rank them together, uh, would they be in the same tiers like Devontae, the Devontae Smith guys? Or, or is it anyone close to the Chase territory?
1: Um, so I don't think anyone's necessarily the chase of the class, right? I don't think we're going to find another player like chase in, oh, wow. in a few drafts. <laughs> yeah.
4: know I'm right? right there with you.
1: I think 2023 has the best chance with, with Booty, Bodie, right? But we'll, we'll save that conversation
4: <laughs> Yeah, a little
1: we'll bit later in the podcast, but no, I, I'm, I'm with you. My top right receiver is actually, um, Garrett Wilson. Okay. And I, I, I think that way because not only does he is he pairing that production, but he's pairing it with just crazy athleticism, right? And the, the guy that's able to high point balls out of nowhere, right? Like he's able to jump so high that like his hips are at someone's helmet. And you're like, okay, like it's clear <laughs> that you're athletic, that it's clear that you're like one of the most athletic guys on the field at all times, right? And NFL teams, they're going to fall absolutely in love with that. That athleticism that he's going to be able to put up is going to be phenomenal, right? And, and that doesn't just mean the forty. So if you're listening, like, don't associate just the forty time with athleticism because no. that that is just not the case, right? Right. Um, or, or the three cone drill, right? It's not just the three cone drill. DK Ma- DK Metcalf is still athletic, even though he's not super super agile from side to side, right? He's still super athletic so I, I like Garrett Wilson because I think he, he's poised to take that just huge leap. And he's currently my wide receiver one. But if you told me that, that he is drafted as like the wide receiver three or four in NFL drafts, I'd be like, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Right. No, I, and that's how, that's how like close they are together. It, it's, there isn't a chase that like, this is the guy, right? There's five guys.
4: Yeah, that's right. right? Well, I'm, Which I'm is right. my
1: favorite restaurant.
4: Five guys. They do have good, good fries. Yeah, they get good, good Burgers, burgers. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Can't go wrong there. But George Pickens is who we're talking about out of Georgia. Uh, huge big body wide receiver is yeah. out for the year. Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, the best duo in college football at the wide receiver position for Ohio State. Then you've got David Bell out of my alma mater, Purdue. Uh, looks like the real deal. And then Trelon Burks uh, being in that mix as this just crazy six three two. 30 plus guy who they've been playing the slot and has great vertical speed too uh so i mean is there anybody else that you would put in that conversation that could kind of save the, the top end depth of the 2022 class
1: yeah so i know that i'm ridiculously high on this player he's my wide receiver too i get it i don't think there's anyone that's as high on drake london as i am
4: yeah but, <laughs> wide receiver two is pretty high uh, there are a couple people that uh I've been talking through some things on Clubhouse, and they, they love him quite a bit, but I don't think anybody has Drake London as wide receiver too. What, what about him gets you all the way to number number two?
1: I think it, it's the athleticism paired with the move that should be happening right to the outside.
4: Right. right? I mean, that's,
1: that's the way that Graham Harrell should be running that offense and it's the way he should have run it last year. Um, but I, I don't know what's going to happen, but even coming out of the slot when they needed a play, it was always Drake London. It wasn't Amon Ross St. Brown. It was Drake London when they needed a play.
4: Yeah, and the games to win games. He did that multiple times last year.
1: Right, and you're talking about just a big-bodied guy. He's coming in at like 6'4", 6'5". Like just this really tall, super athletic guy that you're like, okay, I really like him. He has what NFL teams are going to want. I, I think part of the issue, right, is that he's in the Pac-12. Yeah. I think that's part of it, right? Anytime we're talking about Debbie Prospects, pac twelve guys are always lower just because no one's watching them.
4: Yeah, and and really frankly, last year they only played six games. Like that was it. Like they, they had right. they had five games and then a conference championship and that and then it was over. And so like right. we didn't even and, get to see and that them was until November.
1: Bad play calling. If, if we just what real quick, let's dive into that USC play calling. And if if that <laughs> team bad. doesn't have good running production, they can't run their offense effectively. Right. We, we saw it two years ago when they actually had solid running back production yeah. Yeah, when they it were actually starting to get some. Yeah, they were starting to get some running back production. Right. And yeah. then this this past season of 2020, nothing. And then at least they're getting, you know, a transfer coming into Keonta Ingram that should be at least able to move the ball a little. I know you're higher on Keonta Ingram than I am, I, I would guess, because I'm not high on him at all. But he he can at least help move the ball down the field. Right, yeah. I think I think that running game is super super important for success for the USC offense, and also you know you had Keaton Slovis who had a shoulder injury.
4: Yeah, that didn't um, help that, either. That
1: that he was dealing with that that's also the problem. We never know who's ha- having injuries in college because they don't have to disclose them or what the injury is.
4: Yeah, and sometimes they don't until the morning of on Saturday, and you're like, what? Yes. <laughs> so that's really frustrating for college DFS. Or, but even, that's or even the podcast. next day,
1: it's like, oh yeah, he was out due to this, and it's like. Sweet, thank you.
4: Awesome, great. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Super fun. But yeah, it will be fun to watch that USC offense if if it is indeed that Keaton Slobis is healthy, Drake London is deployed in a fun way, in the correct way, and the offense on uh, on the ground isn't terrible. It, it is well, interesting. Well, Keaton,
1: Keaton Slobis ha- has to be healthy, right? He was throwing at Ross St. Brown's Pro Day.
4: Yes, um, yeah. so, so he, he should it, be.
1: That that at least tells me that like he's able to make all the throws on the field because... The throws were actually pretty nice from and Ross St. Brown yeah. for his pro day. So um that at least tells me that the shoulder is healed enough for him to be making all these throws. So I don't see what the issue would be when the season starts, unless there's a re-injury concern.
4: No. But yeah, Drake London is is an interesting guy because from a film standpoint, uh everyone seems to love him. And then from an analytics standpoint, That offense does spread the ball around, so it makes it kind of hard. But he he does, you know, he was able to get to up 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 to about a quarter of the offense in terms of uh, his production metrics go. Uh, And this year he should have the largest chunk of market share that he's ever had, and should be basically the wide receiver one clearly for USC. So Drake London he could still ascend and have a better production profile for the analytics nerds like myself. But he's definitely one that could save the class as well. And Keaton Slobis just staying right there for a sec because if he's the quarterback three, I think he could get up in the conversation. He has the potential if he is 100 percent healthy and he should be to to get there because we saw I mean, he he dethroned two really good quarterback recruits uh, and one good quarterback who's now starting for Georgia and JT Daniels, who is another guy that could save the 2022 NFL draft class if he has another strong year for Georgia and and he just showed up and like hey guys I know I wasn't even basically recruited at all but I'm better than all of you and shut it down and had like a a near 90th percentile passing efficiency season as a true freshman so right to me he's the the lead lead candidate for quarterback three uh, it's just I I think there's another tier break there after that for me still is there for you
1: yeah so I I am, I still have Keaton Slovis in my first round of Devi ranks, right? So I have him right at the back end. So I have him at that 112. Um, that's where I'm taking him. And I'm seeing him go so much later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's um, dropping
4: a lot because of the shortened season, because he wasn't perfect last year when he was playing through an injury. And so people think he doesn't have a pro arm or whatever. And that's just, it's incorrect. <laughs> that's just not, it's like, just not. He has an absolute cannon. Yeah, he does. Like, I mean, fifty, he, he fifty-five was just plus injured. yards in the air. It's just he does it.
1: Right. So, it, you know, if you if you're a tape guy like like I am, right, go back to 2019 tape and don't look too much into 2020 tape. Like, if you want to continue stay, staying excited about Keaton Slovis, watch Amundro St. Brown's pro day. Right? Was the ball there when he needed to catch it? Yes or no? Right? right. If it was, then you should still like Keaton Slovis.
4: Yeah. And Slovis, I mean, like I said, he—he he, was basically everyone was excited about who Sam Howell and Keaton Slovis two years ago. And not every quarterback that that does something as a true freshman uh, continues to thrive. But Slovis, even fighting through injuries, still looked like a pro worthy quarterback last fall. So I'm expecting great things out of him. And what's going to be intriguing is if it, if there's somebody or, or two people just like this past year, like with Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, kind of coming up into this this uh, first-round discussion seemingly out of nowhere because no one had Mac Jones in the first-round discussion last year. Uh, I mean, I, I was one that was even saying Bryce Young might dethrone him uh, coming in as a five-star quarterback. But sure. with, with Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, Keaton Slovis, even JT Daniels or somebody else creeping up, is there anybody else that you think could save the quarterback class and keep up uh, with this year's ridiculous five-quarterback in the first-round pace again?
1: If I was a betting person, I would put money <laughs> on either Desmond Ritter or Malik Willis. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't put a lot of money on it.
4: And that's fair. And I think some people like Carson Strong. Some people like Matt Corral. Carson Strong out of Nevada. Uh, Matt Corral out of O Miss. I mean, he's going to put up just some stupid stats this year. Some people yes. even like Phil Jerkovic uh, with Boston College. Grayson McCall killed it in Coastal Carolina's ridiculous scheme. Dylan Gabriel uh, is still doing good things at UCF, but Gus Malzahn will definitely end his career now. Uh, and yes. <laughs> Emery Jones out of Florida I've seen be this uh, late-rising first-round projection. I just haven't seen anything at all out of him to to project anything like that. Have you? No. Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, so it is. what we are saying is, though, 2022 is not dead, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, and even at the wide receiver pos- position, it looks – Okay, and running back might be even better next year. So, if tight end is probably not going to have a Kyle Pitts, and no other class really has, and but it has a really good tight end, it, it does. I mean, Jalen Widermeyer, I like him, like, I like him quite a bit. We've got, got a couple other guys. I mean, I mean, even like Austin Stogner could get there, Jaleel billingsley could get there. You know, there are some other names that could get, get there, so it, it might be a fuller class. Than we think when it's all said and done. But are there any other players that you you might think you know come out of nowhere, like from the undrafted free agent ranks, all the way up to day two capital or something like that?
1: So you'll probably be happy with this one, um, Trey Sanders.
4: Hey, there we go. I like it if he actually comes so, back healthy. That that's that's the key. He had so, that weird right, car that,
1: That's obviously the biggest question, right? With everything from the foot injury to the car accident, all this stuff, right? Um, I could see him so much being like this Josh Jacobs that he is kind of the, the one B or even that two at, at Alabama. I could see that. I, I'm a huge fan of Jace McClellan. Like I'm very high on Chase McClellan. I have him as my RB three in 2023. Like I'm that high on him, but I think Trey Sanders has, has that ability, right? If he's healthy, we have to remember, he was a five-star guy, the running back one coming out of IMG. Like, yeah, he's a crazy talented guy. He just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So we we know about running backs, though, right? If we can just see it on the field, then one we're good. Yeah. Right. We we just have to see it for multiple games. Right. And we just want to see him put it together. And it's the exact same argument that you can make for Samir White. The exact same argument. It's like, I want you to be healthy and succeed like you did in high school.
4: Yeah. And Samir White, obviously, if, if man, it feels like he's been in college for, forever. But uh, he was the number one guy, like the stud that everyone was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be the next great Georgia running back hasn't been healthy. And, and then when he came back, he didn't look healthy. I just hope when Trey Sanders comes back, he does look healthy for Alabama because right. uh, he's probably still the the most talented back there, maybe, you know. So uh, I really like him to succeed if he does indeed come back healthy. But Brian Robinson is probably going to get the first nod. Alabama this yep. year over anybody else so that could be uh one of those years where Bama goes back to uh running back by committee but they still get two guys drafted anyway just because it's Alabama so I, I like that one thank you for bringing that up I, I don't like to be the only guy bringing up Trey Sanders but that, yeah, that would I'll, be I'll a give fun you, story I'll give you another
1: name right so I, I gave you uh running back I'm gonna give you more of a wide receiver type guy now um I really like Wandale Robinson
4: yeah I mean he's too fun um, like like Too fun If to watch. you
1: liked Kadarius Tony, you have to love Wandale Robinson.
4: I mean, I didn't like Kadarius Tony, but <laughs> Right.
1: I'm saying just tape wise, right? If you thought Kadarius Tony was exciting, and it's clear that the NFL thought so, right? Yes. They have to love Wandale Robinson in my eyes. He he is a guy that's that has done it for multiple years now, right? And he was doing it he was basically the team at Nebraska. And I think he's basically gonna be the team at Kentucky. Um, so I, I think I'm really, really excited for Dale Robinson, man. I, I want him to have that draft capital, but I, I don't know what, what that's going to be. Because you couldn't have told me at this time last year that Kadarius Tony was going to be a first round pick and I wouldn't have oh, believed
4: you. Oh, oh no. I mean, like I was in a, I mean, well, you and I were both in a league uh, where we drafted 100 rounds of college players and Kadarius Toney went undrafted. <laughs> so right. nobody, nobody thought he was going to, and Wandale Robinson is much more on our radar than a Kadarius Stoney was a year ago. So that's yes. that's a name that could kind of a do-it-all running. I mean, they used him as a running back a couple weeks just out of necessity in yeah. Nebraska. And he's like this awesome utility weapon. And Kentucky, they've been known to utilize the awesome utility weapon. And if he comes in as, as the focal point of the U.K. offense this year, he could definitely come into to draft capital and kind of save the class and give it another really fun player. So I like that projection as well.
1: Yeah, Are, are you sad he didn't go to Purdue?
4: I mean, Purdue just always misses on fun skill players unless they're Rondell Moore uh, or or David Bell. Like, there's just not been many players. I just don't. I just if anybody that is even remotely close to good goes there, I'm I'm excited. So (laughs) I just expect everyone. And then you had uh, the running back
1: transfer away from Purdue
4: too. Yeah, Tyreck Murphy is like, oh, he didn't uh, have immediate success, so he's out. So that's just how it goes with the Purdue Boilermakers. They're just. Going to be bad for for forever, and I'm just, I'm over it. But (laughs) speaking of uh, Indiana schools, though, Stephen Carr just transferred to Indiana. We brought him up. He was with USC, now with Indiana. Indiana just just gave Stevie Scott, who was basically just a plodding big body, uh, went undrafted this year. They were giving him 20-plus touches per game last year. Stephen Carr is almost assuredly and immediately the most talented running back on the roster right away so a guy who pre-back surgery like three years ago looked like he was better than Ronald Jones the second in his first freshman season for USC comes into an opportunity where he could see 20 plus touches per game so he could be that out of nowhere Javante Williams uh, you know power back that that works up into some capital next year I I think he could see that kind of resurgence Are, are you very confident in that kind of outcome
1: I know he's going to get the touches. I don't yeah. know necessarily about the outcome. Um, I really like Indiana. I'm a huge Michael Penix fan. Um, obviously, with his injury, we don't know when he's going to be back. So we can we can put a pin in that. But for at least CFF-wise for next year, Stephen Carr is very sneaky to have a lot
4: of work. Oh, yeah. All of it. And an offense that should be good. So I'm bullish yep. on Stephen Carr uh, finally getting the comeback, finally getting the opportunity Maybe he's a day three pick, but I think day three is a worst case for him now, just given the opportunity there. Because, I mean, half of, <laughs> half of making it is just opportunity. So I think he's going to have all of it. Another name just to keep an eye on is Ty Chandler, because he's going to be the Michael, Michael Carter from North Carolina now, coming in in his final collegiate year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
0: isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
4: of eligibility, uh, eligibility there with Sam Howell at the helm uh, in an offense that really needs some new face playmakers. So Ch- and Ty Chandler transferred from Tennessee, which was a, just an absolute dumpster fire the past couple of years. Eric Gray also left Tennessee to go to Oklahoma and smash this year. Uh, both running backs now with new programs, and they're probably both going to see draft capital now. So they, they, the 2022 class is not is not completely dead. Uh, And we will get on the other side, we will get into some flag plant players, guys in every single class that we're looking forward to and confident in that they will exceed current expectations. But first, a word from our sponsors.
0: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto
1: Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
4: Okay, so we talked about who could save the 2020 class from being terrible, and, and it doesn't look like it's actually going to be terrible, but Kane, I am curious on who you are currently fl- planting your flag on, just staking your claim as this is your guy and it doesn't have to be like, hey, this is this guy's going to be a lock to be a first rounder. Uh, it could just be like, hey, I think that this guy could be a day two guy and he's not really being valued that way right now. Or this guy, no one's really talking about him, but I think he's going to come out of nowhere. There can be different tiers to these flag plants for you. Like, for example, like... One easy one we already talked about for me, like David Bell, not just because he's at my alma mater, but that he already has a 73rd percentile adjusted production index, uh, which is basically a three-way look at his production profile with his dominator rating, yards per team pass attempt, touchdowns per team pass attempt, and he passes the eye test on film as well. Just looks like a a top-notch, even wide receiver one overall type candidate. I'm I'm like all in when it comes to David Bell. Like, that's, that's an easy like tee you up here and just slam dunk kind of pick. But you could could go with somebody down the line as well. So who's like your number one 2022 class flag plant guy?
1: For anyone that listens to the Debbie Marketplace, you know how much I care about value and people increasing in value. So I'm going to put surefire names that will increase in value.
4: Sure. That's that's the
1: way that I'm I'm taking it. So yeah, that's pretty much
4: much what this could be too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So first one, uh, wide receiver Clemson, Justin Ross. I think... Right. This is the classic case of does the risk equal the reward, right? And I think he's going to be healthy. I think he's going to play a full season. And I think he gets at least day two capital. So I am all about Justin Ross because you can get him a lot cheaper than he should be.
4: Yeah, because of, uh, of course, missing this entire past year for Clemson with yep. that freak backslash slash whatever it was injury that, you know, basically looked like he was going to have to medically retire from football. Uh, and then as as we went along, it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, slow the roll there. He he, he really wants to give this thing a shot. And he's actually been practicing this spring in, in, in a non-contact jersey. Uh, so, I mean, there was, there was a little bit of buzz about him transferring out of Clemson if they were not going to medically clear him to play. But you're saying either way, you're buying on, on him rising and finding his way to the NFL.
1: Right, because I, I believe he's going to play. Um in, in my mind he's going to play so we, I'm under that assumption so I'm all about him um, I'm gonna hit you with another wide receiver uh, this was actually a wide receiver one like the tops of his class at Oklahoma as Jaden Hazelwood I don't think I can quit Jaden Hazelwood the first Devi article I ever wrote was about Jaden Hazelwood
4: okay so it's it's a little bit sentimental oh 100% yeah
1: I, but What's what's really exciting, right, is if you go back to his high school tape, right, obviously he tore his ACL last season, so he hasn't been 100%. No. And with all the wide receivers that he was trying to compete against when he was a freshman, it was tough for him to see the field, right? I, I get that. Um, and the knee injury, super unfortunate. He was working out at home when he tore his ACL, which, terrible freak accident for that. He did all of his work in high school on a run-first offense, and he is an incredible pass blocker. Or excuse me, run blocker. Like, he's absolutely incredible Put him left at, tackle. at run blocking. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like him, man. I think I just want him to play at Oklahoma. Uh, this is 100% sentimental for me. But if, if we're comparing where he, you know, is getting drafted compared to what his potential could be, then I, I think we're doing okay.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's just such a mess with Oklahoma. And I don't know why people keep committing there when they're just going to sit behind this mess of wide receivers. Charleston Rambo, kudos to him. He just looked around the room and said, OK, yeah, this, there's like 17 wide receivers here. I'm going to go actually get some market share <laughs> and some targets down in Miami because Marvin Mims uh, came in as a true freshman and, and racked up. I mean, he was the lead receiver for them. He had nine touchdowns, the O.E.s, in in the same class as Jaden Hazelwood returns this year was a wide receiver too for them last year Uh, they're still returning a bunch of guys Hazelwood included Trajan Bridges is gone because he was uh, made made some bad decisions we'll just leave it at at, at that but they bring in Mario Williams who, who should be an absolute stud he was one of the top wide receivers in this freshman class they bring in a trio of other guys I mean Billy Bowman uh, he came in as a wide receiver, and he they, he's already converted to defensive back just because there's so many stinking wide receivers there. So it, it will be hard for him to climb through the the, the target totem pole, uh, even splitting a lot of uh, targets probably with the tight end there and Austin Stogner. But but that I mean he has all the potential. He was the number one wide receiver ahead of who Garrett Wilson in his class. So yeah, the potential is is all there for J.D. Yeah, Hull, and a wood
1: and. I'm in a C two C draft right now, right? So Jaden Hazelwood just went at the back of round six.
4: Yeah, I mean, especially if we're aiming for ceiling, I mean, I wouldn't take him there. That, that, that's a little early, early for me. But if, if you're if you're projecting a day two outcome, yeah, that's an absolute value.
1: I'm much higher on him than than that late round six. But it, it's funny that you also mentioned Mario Williams because I actually just traded Mario Williams in a league um, for Drake London straight up.
4: Well, it's it's not a bad bet because when you look ahead, even to next year, they're bringing in what's his face, Luther, uh, Taylen Chetron, Jordan Hudson, another trio of wide receivers that are all within the top 100 recruits for right. 2022. So you know, Oklahoma keeps stacking and stacking and stacking wide receivers. Not everybody can produce and stick on that one offense. So that's that's going to be a, a, a weird death chart to track as we go along. But, you know, you and I were pre, pre-show. We're talking about Jerry and Ely and, and, and how we're both really high on him uh, yes. going into the year for Ole Miss. And with the departure of Elijah Moore and them not having really any super proven wide receivers coming in, they, they obviously got the one transfer for, from Western Kentucky. They bring in uh, the, the Braylon kid. Now, the true freshmen. They have Dontario Drummond, Jonathan Mingo, a few other guys, super unproven. But I mean, with a pass catching back like Jerry Ely on the team, I mean, I just I love his skill set. I was really high on him from the start. He was split between football and baseball, but now he's kind of all in on football. Uh, I think he still needs to add some weight, but I think he he should be a day two guy, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'll even take it a step further, right? I, I talked about on the fantasy nightcap when I was on last night that Jerry and Ely. I believe will lead the sec in all purpose yards. I think he's going to be that hot
4: take, but (laughs) yeah,
1: you know, I'll I'll own it. Right. I I just think he takes that big of a step in his receiving production because who else are they going to throw the ball to? Right. They don't have a clear, a clear wide receiver. one. you listed off all the guys, like there isn't a clear wide receiver one on that team. Um, You can bet on Dontario Drummond. And I just did. I just drafted him like in, what round 26 of, of a C2C league. Yeah. Don Drummond. So like, I like, I like the value there, but Jerry and Ely, I think is going to catch a ton of passes and they need him to have this team succeed uh, because their defense is still going to continue to struggle a little bit.
4: Oh, a lot um, of it, a lot of it.
1: Well, I was trying to be a <laughs> little nice. Um, they're, they're going to struggle, right? So they need at least a running back. That's able to slow things down a little bit. And so they're, probably going to run the ball a little bit more. Hopefully that will help them find success on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. That success is going to be there. But I think Jerry and Ely plays a large part of this offense. And if I'm looking for someone with an outside chance to lead the SEC in all-purpose yards, Jerry and Ely is that guy.
4: Yeah, and and when you look at his production up to now, it's hard to uh, expect that. But when you look at the potential and his skill set that he's got, he's one of the best backs in the SEC. Like we we're we're really confident in that already, but and and they did actually have a lot of rush attempts last year. Corral just actually had some of his own. Like actually it was the second leading rusher on the team behind Ely. So if they lean just a little bit more into Ely this year, I could definitely see that kind of outcome coming into play. And so I think he is going to get that kind of. That push, that boost, and and is gonna be one of the top backs in next year's class. Still, uh, although he is, I, I, just, I keep on seeing him just drop and drop and drop all this off season, and no new information's come out. Like people are just like, "Oh crap, he's actually smaller than I remember," so I should probably take him much later. Right, I he have... is.
1: He, he is who we wanted Kenneth Gainwell to be yeah. throughout this whole draft process. Yeah.
4: yeah, and yeah, and he's probably gonna play this fall too, rather than taking an entire right. year off. So. Even though Gainwell had absolutely good guys no, for it. it. But, but yeah.
1: the NFL has to judge something.
4: Yeah, agreed. Another flagplant guy before we move on to 2023 and 2024 guys for me is actually Jahan Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State. Uh, he's going really late in uh, Debbie fantasy football drafts and college Decanton fantasy. Drafts uh, Just about everywhere. I I think I'm probably taking him a full two rounds ahead of where most people are doing so just to make sure that I get my guy. Uh, He he has one of the best, most balanced uh, production profiles uh, in this class. In fact, among all returning power five players, only Traylon Burks and uh, really old Jakari Roberson have better adjusted production index scores than Jahan Dotson. And he's going to be the focal point of the offense again. They're through the air yes they have Parker Washington yes they're bringing in a fun freshman in Lonnie White but you know they just sent pa- uh, Pat Fryermith to the NFL and John D- Dotson I mean he took over games in big spots even against Ohio State last year was able to dominate and not not just not just score not just do well score like three touchdowns and a game kind of dominate and so I really like him to be a guy reminds me of a uh, of really early career M- Emmanuel Sanders like that kind of that kind of uh, just fast twitchy guy that that has crazy ball skills and can score as well. So, where are you with John Dotson?
1: I like another receiver on Penn State that we'll talk about in a little bit.
4: Okay. Okay, we'll we'll get into that here soon. Is he, is he one of the new faces? No. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm coloring me intrigued here, but we'll get to that. But moving on to 2023 flag plant players, I, I was really surprised. I mean, I already know one of yours, just given who you said your your running back three was in the class. For me, it is still Tank Bigsby in the running back number one overall slot. I know I really love Bijan Robinson. They're neck and neck for me at that slot, but I think T- Tank Bigsby is my number one running back, and I think he's going to get the. the the, the crazy workload to just give him a ridiculous production profile by the by the time he is draft eligible. Brian Harson enters Auburn as the new head coach. Brian Harson running backs since 2014 have seriously averaged even when they've had undrafted free agent talent on the roster as as the lead back they've averaged seriously 23 plus touches per game. He's going to be the offense this year. They just lost their two best wide receivers to the NFL draft. Uh, tons of uncertainty at the wide receiver position. He is going to be the offense and is going to ascend as the clear best running back in the SEC this year. I think he's going to be uh, an early first round running back. We're going to see that happen again, whether it makes sense to or not. We're going to see that, that happen again with Bijan Robinson of Texas in 2023. But uh, where, where do you, if you have, you said you have Jason McCullough running back three. Is, is Tank Bigsby ahead of him for you?
1: Yes, he's my running back too.
4: Nice and I assume B. John Robinson is your number number one, like most people.
1: Yeah. And you know, you and I talked about Tank Bigsby before last season even started. Yeah. Right? I mean, and you and I were higher on Tank Bigsby than any other Debbie analyst, right? You I think He was you had my him running one, back one. Yeah. Yeah. He was my running back two. I had him running back two the whole time. And so then we saw Tank play. And then everyone's like, oh, this is what you're talking about. It's like, yes.
4: (laughs) Yes, he's he's a monster. very good. (laughs) He's a monster. We just need to see a little bit more pass
1: catching work. Yeah, and he'll get there. That's no fault of his own. No. Right? He just didn't get thrown the ball. Yeah, um, so he'll get there.
4: And he was even returning kicks for them last year. He was just an all-purpose monster nightmare. You know, like 1,200-plus all-purpose yards in in just 10 games for the Auburn Tigers. And now he's going to get even more. Of the work, yes. but I want to hear your argument for Jace McClellan at running back three because for me, it seems really hard to bet on a guy when there's Brian Robinson, probably going to be the, the league guy this year. And you already mentioned Trey Sanders, Kamar Wheaton is a true freshman, five star, the, the number one running back or number two running back by many people's ranks coming in this year. And then next year, on top of all this, they still have uh, they already have a commit from Emmanuel Sanders, the number one running back next year coming yeah, in. And don't
1: forget Roydell Williams either. Roydale Williams
4: is there. Like they they yep. have just a room, even Keelan Robinson, I'm not really worried about him, but like they they have a room full of really talented running backs. So so sell me on Jace McClellan being the running back three for twenty twenty three.
1: So I'm I'm first just gonna tell you about my approach, and that answer should answer a little more of the questions for you, right? The way that I I kind of evaluate a lot of people that didn't get to play their freshman season or that are in a little bit more stacked, stacked backfields, so I'm not changing my rankings a lot from when they were coming in as freshmen to as sophomores, right? That's the reason why I'm still low, lower on Jameer Gibbs than just about everyone else, because I shouldn't, in in my mind, I shouldn't be punishing people because we were behind Najee Harris, right? I shouldn't be punishing people because they tore their ACL like Marshawn Lloyd, right? So in in my eyes, I'm, I'm slower to react to that. And so that's why my rankings haven't moved a lot for the 2023 guys. I think Jason McClellan overall has the ability to be a really, really exciting player in college football. We saw that last year. In the few touches that he got, he was crazy exciting. Right? If you got him into space, good things happen. And I, I think that that just continues this season. I think either he or Trey Sanders might start the season as kind of being that change of pace back. Brian Robinson is not exciting. I think someone exciting has to come in and get a little more of those touches. And I think Brian Robinson and at least one other back kind of level out in touches by about week seven, week eight.
4: And so your bet right now would be either either Jason McCullen or Trey Sanders and you still still like, if if it is though that it is Trey Sanders and not Jason McCullen, are you really at that point adjusting and saying it's probably not going to happen given that the guy's coming in even with him this year and next year?
1: Yes. Like if if he doesn't do it this year, then I have to move him down. There's just no way around it. Right. Like it's something that just has to happen. And that's, it's the exact same with Marshawn Lloyd. Right. I, I still have, I think as my running back four or five in the 2023 class, like, he can, I believe he's more talented than Kevin Harris, right? I'll go out on that limb. I think he's more talented of running back. And I think it's going to be a lot more of a 50-50 split than people kind of want to believe. And if he can show what he was as a junior and senior in high school, then I'm all about it. But if he's if he's not going to show that, then I also have to move Marshawn Lloyd down, right? Yeah. But I, I'm really hesitant to make that move after a freshman season, especially with injury and just being behind a good running back.
4: For sure, yeah, and that makes sense. I just, I just find myself adjusting to to players that uh, are are in line to, well, one they've already produced as freshmen, and like you said, the Gibbs example for me, he's just in line to do it for two more season, uh, two more seasons like un like uh, uh, unopposed rather by anybody else because he's already the offense for Georgia Tech. Whereas I may not even believe that he's necessarily the third best back talent. I think he has the the clearest path and safest path. To be that guy that ends up sure. in that slot, but yeah, there's there's different approaches, but I think there's I, I think that I I appreciate you explaining that for sure. Wide receivers, though, I mean we all love the running backs for 2023. I, I like several guys. Uh, There are a few obvious names. I want to hear your obvious names just because I I want you to say the name uh, because you you love mispronouncing it. But Jordan Addison, (laughs) a pit pit wide receiver. uh, He was that athlete athlete designation player last year. Uh, It was a safety or a wide receiver. Uh, They just put the ball in his hands and said, hey, man, you're the only good offensive playmaker we have on the team. And so, yes, there's an argument that it's not as impressive because he wasn't surrounded by talent. But he broke out as a true freshman and and did amazing things. And now he's going to do it for two more years with almost no legit competition. So I think I think he's a flat flag plant for me to get day two capital easily. Uh, But I want to hear your guy uh, who you're most excited about for 2023 at wide receiver.
1: Uh, Well, the top wide receiver for me is uh, Keyshawn Booty. Mr. Booty, ukulele, if you're nasty.
4: <laughs> yeah, Booty, but yeah, bo- booty is more fun to say. Yeah,
1: it, no, nah, it's, it's booty on the Devi Marketplace. It's DJ Ukulele and <laughs> and
4: Keishon Booty. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's exactly how you pronounce their names for sure. Just don't yep. look it up.
1: I'm crushing it. Um, I've always been good at, at pronouncing names. I was a teacher, so you know those two things go hand in hand. Oh together. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I, you know, I don't need to talk too much about Keishon Booty, but he's just super exciting. He's just a really, really good player. Yeah, and he's one of... That's all there is to it.
4: Yeah, and he's one of seven guys that actually hit the... Well, basically, if you're familiar with my adjusted production index, and I've mentioned it a few times, but it looks at the overall adjusted dominator rating, which is basically the percentage of, of a team offense through the air that they accounted for. And it looks at their dominator rating, their yards per team pass attempt, which is basically a look at their efficiency as a wide receiver and their ability to score touchdowns per team pass attempt as well kind of looking through three different lenses volume efficiency and touchdown scoring ability and there were actually seven power five wide receivers that actually hit the 15th percentile among all NFL drafted prospects as true freshmen last year Marvin Mims Parker Washington at Penn State Rakeem Jarrett in Maryland Quentin Johnston at TCU Jordan Addison-Pitt, who I've already mentioned, Lavelle Davis at Virginia, and Kayshaun Bode was another one. So all those guys already on the day-two capital kind of trajectory from a production profile standpoint. And Boutte, I mean, he he should be the guy. Uh, you know, yeah. a bunch of targets clearing out. He should be the the favorite to just lead LSU for two more seasons and, and be a lock for first-round NFL draft capital. And one other running back for me I'm interested in, Jalen Berger, Wisconsin, didn't have the pedigree necessarily, necessarily, but he looks like, especially with one guy transferring, one guy already going to the NFL from, from last year's offense, it looks like he's probably going to be in line to be the feature back for Wisconsin for two seasons now. So Jalen Berger, I think he's an easy bet for day two capital when it, when it comes to 2023. What about you?
1: Well, you know that I went to a University of Minnesota school <laughs> um, you know, I have season tickets to the Gophers. Yes, yeah,
4: so you have to hate burgers, what you're saying.
1: I like Jalen Burger. I hate Wisconsin.
4: But you love burgers, though.
1: hundred percent. That's why I love Jalen Burger. I hate Wisconsin.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So you're not objective and, I, and I'm correct is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You get it. Okay, <laughs> okay. We can move any any other flag, flag plants for 2023 before we just talk about a couple freshmen and then sign yeah, off well.
1: I, I kind of teased the Penn State thing. Uh, I really like Parker Washington. No, I like I, him a lot.
4: Oh, you, me too, man. I mean, he was... Um,
1: I We're looking at a slot rule guy, right, that that can be really good in the slot. Pat Friermuth, who's a large part of the Penn State offense, obviously won't be there. Someone has to eat over the middle with poor quarterback play, and I think it's Parker Washington. I, I think he's going to do really, really well. Obviously, we have a new OC coming in. I assume they're still going to run, right, more zone zone read type stuff um so the the quick hits i think are going to go to Jahan dotson and parker washington so i'm i'm all about Parker washington i think he basically sets them up for day two draft capital and the fun part right is that if you're not that high on a guy like parker washington draft him now in c2c and debbie leagues and then sell him to an analytics person when he's about to go into the nfl
4: Seriously, even if you don't like him. I mean, cause just because of the, n- the names that I said earlier, the seven true freshmen at wide receiver that broke out uh, and are already on that track production profile-wise, there's somebody in your leagues that's going to like Parker Washington, maybe even more so than either Kane or myself. I mean, and Parker Washington has basically the second most balanced true freshman production profile returning to college football in Power 5 conferences. So only behind Marvin Mims. And it's really close, actually. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's a safe bet. I think he's he's on that trajectory but isn't being valued as such by many people who who like to scout these guys early on. So, yeah, so
1: I, I just have to give one other 2023 name because if I don't talk about this quarterback, um, it's not a true podcast with Kane. DJ
4: um, Uyunglele or Ukulele?
1: Not Ukulele. I'm going to go with my quarterback <laughs> three from this class, actually. Okay. Um, who I believe has the best chance to be that quarterback three in the NFL draft. And that's Haynes King out of Texas A&M. I am a huge Haynes King supporter. I get it, right? The Texas A&M offense, not super, super exciting. Well, at least the scheme in which they run, right, with Jimbo Fisher. It's not like they're pushing the ball deep down the field or anything like that. But this next season, I think, is a huge season for Haynes King. If he can limit turnovers and just repeatedly hit all of his really, really good playmakers. I think Texas A&M really succeeds and makes the college football playoff this year.
4: Wow, that that's actually that's that's one heck of a potential flag plant right there. For me, I'm not as high on Haynes, Haynes King. My quarterback three for 2023 is still CJ Stroud. I think he's actually sure. going to keep the job keep the job over Kyle McCord. And Kyle McCord is probably going to transfer next spring because Quinn Ewers is coming in as a true freshman as the the next kind of Trevor Lawrence in quarterback recruiting. So. I mean, I, they're all good quarterbacks. Ohio State just keeps on bringing in ridiculous classes. But Haynes King, that's an interesting bet. Especially, I, I love his, his. he apparently runs a sub 4 five forty as well. I don't know if you've yeah, you that buzz. But he's got that crazy fast mobility that makes him a lot of fun for Texas A&M. So that, that could be one fun name to watch as well. But I want to hear your uh, if you've got one or two flag plans for 2024. <laughs> True freshmen coming in this fall that you're excited to see.
1: Yeah, like, let's stay at Texas A&M. Um, LJ Johnson, he's a man already. Like, <laughs> yes. he is, he's just big and powerful. And I think he's going to just be that guy as soon as Isaiah Spiller leaves, yep. right? He's he's just that next man up. And I feel bad because I love Devon Chain. right? I absolutely love him. I think he's a great player. And I think he's going to be just continue to be more that, kind of scat back change of pace guy at AM and and never really get the touches like the the true jimbo fisher touches that he gives a running back right because there's a lot of them um so i i think that's one guy that i absolutely love and i'll i'll save love for kyle mccord because like you said i think he ends up transferring like i get it i i totally get it but i love kyle mccord i think he has a great talent and he's going to land somewhere good yeah, agreed. Like Minnesota,
4: I like that with L.J. Johnson though. You know, he's like the running back four or five, and then there's kind of like a, a generally agreed upon teardrop uh, in this uh, this true freshman class. But L.J. Johnson coming in behind Isaiah Spiller to be that huge, just man <laughs> uh, feature back in that offense. That, I mean, that 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 looks like uh, the kind of situation that can lead to early round draft capital. So I think that's a pretty safe bet. Kamaro Edmonds is is my fun a guy to bet on this year for true freshman running backs. He's by most of the recruiting services, he's barely even a top 15, top 16, top 17, that kind of range running back prospect in the class, but he's actually a really great pass catcher and really balanced back already coming into the process. And Javante Williams just left. Michael Carter just left. They have no solid returning depth at the position. Ty Chandler is going to come in, but he's, he more profiles like the Michael Carter tomorrow Edmonds yeah. could just slide in year one and be the Javante Williams in that offense that that gets all the red zone work early on. So that could be a lot of fun from, from that, uh, that, that standpoint. And then some kind of later down the line wide receivers that not everyone is just automatically calling a slam dunk right away. Destin Hill, Florida State. I want to see him break through. He wasn't around for the spring. A couple other guys made some plays there. But I think Destin Hill... Uh, is going to be the, the volume wide receiver for Florida State. And Deion Smith is going to be the other LSU wide receiver that comes up alongside Kayshawn Boutte and produces and eventually finds capital uh, out of the trio of highly recruited wide receivers for LSU again this year. I think Deion Smith is that deep threat burner that I would like to take a shot on there. And of course, as always and forever, Tyler Buckner <laughs> is going to be my guy in this class until he is drafted i think i think he should get the shot this fall over the statue and jack Cohn and uh, the completely unqualified drew pine but you know it, we'll, we'll see we'll see how it happens tyler buckner is a, a really fun uh basically like uh mobile matt stafford uh, basically had one perfect high school season and then missed all of last year of course because all of california pretty much took the year off due to the pandemic but Comes in and is already looking like the best quarterback, even through spring. Uh, in the spring game, he absolutely lit it, lit it up. So uh, there's still time for him to take over the job at Notre Dame and be the starting quarterback for three seasons. What do you think about Buckner?
1: Uh, I like him. You know, I think he, I think he's a pretty good talent. Um, it wouldn't surprise me for him to succeed as soon as he plays. I just don't know if because Brian Kelly going to Brian Kelly. Um, so I don't know if he ends up starting right away. Um, I think they gave Jack Cohn the nod first, but let me actually give you two more names for the sure. 2024 class, because I like both of these. And one is odd for me to like, because I normally <laughs> am not like the biggest proponent of just super fast guys like that are smaller in size, but Xavier worthy who ended up yes. flipping his commit to Texas.
4: Yeah. I just drafted him right before we jumped on the show, by the way,
1: young man can scoot. <laughs> like, yes, he can. He, has got wheels, right? And I think he fits so well in, in that Sark offense that we saw at Alabama in the past couple of seasons, right? Um he fits in so well. And so I think that's that's a really, really solid spot. I I don't know what's gonna happen right with, with Texas right away. Because right, we don't know if Troy O'Mier is gonna be healthy. We don't know what that what that situation's gonna look like. But um Xavier Worthy can definitely get some time on the field because of his, because of his wheels. But one person that Travis knows that I love, I drafted him probably before some people even knew who he was. Cause in the pinnacle draft, I was <laughs> a big proponent of this guy mainly because of his name right away. And then I watched his tape and I was like, no, nah, he's, he's just good. That's yeah. Jackson dart, Jackson dart, USC, USC
4: man. Yeah. I remember I having that conversation. Him, a
1: three-star guy.
4: He was. And when you drafted him, cause, uh, you know, he hadn't had his basically absolutely perfect blow up season uh, last fall uh, where he rose up. And now everyone thinks he's better than Miller Moss. But yeah, man, like uh, he passes the Cano analytics test. Right. Yes. I mean, with the awesome yep. name, he, he's a quarterback named Jackson, but it's spelled J-A-X-S-O-N and then Dart. Like and he's a quarterback. Yes. That's, that's so perfect. Fact,
1: the fact that Dart is going to be on the back of that jersey. Yes. You if somehow Vikings Vikings, <laughs> I'm talking to you. I know you listen to this podcast. 2024. Um, if you can draft Jackson Dart, hell, I'll even take him 2025. 20, right. Yeah. Wh- whenever if you can, if you can draft Jackson Dart, I will buy that jersey. Like, that would, would be do. like a banger jersey for me. And then Jackson and I will become friends and like we'll hang Obviously. out and like, you'll sign my jersey, Clearly. all that stuff. Right. Yes. But it starts with you, Vikings.
4: Yep. Calling out right now, Jackson Dart, starting quarterback for the Vikings, twenty twenty five. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> what a hoot that would be! That would be a, that would be incredible. I have to save this audio. That. I'm gonna bookmark this forever. Yeah. Oh man. But th- anyway, this has been fun, Kane. Just talking about the future of the NFL, future of college football, how the twenty twenty two class could be saved by some of these guys emerging this fall and really some some guys to get excited about for a couple years down the road as well anything else that you want to kind of plug here before we sign off Kay?
1: yeah so you know i'm i'm the host of the debbie marketplace podcast it's it's a much different podcast, Debbie podcast, than you're going to find anywhere else, right? We're, we're trying to look at values and trying to understand when we should be buying players, when we should be selling players, because we know the Debbie players aren't going to be scoring any points for your roster. So we, for for a few years, it could be one, it could be up to three or four, right? So we want to make sure that you're accruing value and making sure that you're trading for and away players at the right time. So that's what we're doing there. Um, and then make sure you go to YouTube, you know, check out Headliner U. We're doing a lot of fun stuff over there. Um, And make sure to leave a lot of fun comments because we make sure to check those and try to talk with you as much as possible on YouTube. So make sure to slide on over there and hit that subscribe button so you can hear me rant and rave about every player that I love. So go and check it out. That's a
4: long list because we are in some super nerdy deep leagues. So, yes, yes, that (laughs) always a fun time chatting with you, Kane, talking about players that uh, are going to be drafted in 2030 and whatnot. But (laughs) for the listeners, please do leave a rate and review helps uh, wherever you listen. You can leave a question there. Reach out to me on Twitter again at FF underscore Travis M. Be glad to talk about anything college football, anything NFL. And I hope you guys are enjoying rookie draft season so far and all of your fantasy football leagues, whether it's Dynasty or Debbie or whatever format you play. And we will be diving into a bunch of college stars and, and NFL prospects talk and more rookie stuff and conference breakdowns and other fun stuff this summer but until next time i hope you guys are enjoying this off season and start to this summer and i look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the college to canton podcast
0: sugar ray
1: leonard roberto duran